Hey everybody, welcome back to Visual Novel Book Club. I'm your pal Slow Beef. With me, of course, my good friend Oren Ronan. Good evening. My good friend Jim. Hey. My good friend Rosella. Hello. My good friend Turbo C. Hello. My good friend Polahoko. It's me. My good friend. Uh, is that everybody? Are we all here? For that? Wow. That's all of our friends. That's all of your friends. There are no more. It's been a bit. I was thinking nobody wanted to come out and hang out and talk about visual novels like a book club, except usually you don't summarize the whole thing in a book club. But whatever, it's fine. It's 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 great. Ace Attorney uh, Chronicles Reprieve. What's the second one called? I always Resolve. forget. Resolve. Resolve. <laughs> Resolve. Reprieve. That's the same deal. Uh, when we weren't there was the per- re- reprieve. Oh, boy. Um, uh, but listen. We're we're knee deep in case two of this. We're back with this guy, Suzeki again. Suzeki Natsumi. He's in trouble again. I can't believe this, this guy. guy. What a what a what freaking guy. I mean, unbelievable. What what did I what did I what happened since last time? What's going on in this dude's world? Who wants to tell me? Try I'll tell me. Trial started. No, it's um. So what we start off? This is the trial, right? So we're gonna so we're getting yeah. to the trial here of the attempted murder of Shamspear. Shamspear. Yeah. I'm just saying his name like like I'm Paul Schaefer or something. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Go ahead. Sham, yeah. Right. Just repeat all my jokes back to me. Great. <laughs> <laughs> yes, sir. You are. Um, <laughs> so what? But that's. Uh, I think we start off and uh, Holmes isn't. Uh, Holmes isn't going to be there. And Suzato's got some bad news. We're going up against. Van Zeeks of all people. <laughs> right, because there are no other prosecuting attorneys, just like there are no other jury members. This is a town that has that has ten people maximum. They they gave an excuse this time. <laughs> a bad excuse, but an excuse. It's a terrible excuse. Yeah, because uh since it was Soseki again, they just wanted to get all of the same jurors from the last time for whatever reason. Except for one new juror who is great. I guess because they'd be more biased? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, you want to put as much prejudice in this jury as, as possible in this system because they all, everybody has to be someplace. They all got to be, they all got to be out of here fast. Which like feels like such an underhanded move coming from Von Zeeks, who you know theoretically has stated his case to be you know rooting out the corruption inherent in the jury system because he thinks it's terrible. Well, he says that, but then he also turns around and he's like, "By the way, Japanese people, am I right? Aren't they all just rotten and smelly?" That's that's what I was gonna say. Is like. I'm so, I'm so, I'm so, I have a theory about that, by the way. He was like, you know, he's like, I'm so committed to justice, but mm, can't get over it. I'm sorry. <laughs> Why are you Japanese? We're going to have to screw this. You screw it. Um, <laughs> have you tried not being your race? <laughs> well, there's one even more racist jury and the uh, racist person in the jury this time. I swear to God, it's like they did this on purpose. Later on, because we do this trial for this recording and then we do a little investigation afterwards, and we're talking to Sholmes, and like, you know how those little choices come up when you're, you know, you have different topics? One of them, the, the, yeah, the top one was Lord Van Zeeks. <laughs> the second one was that awful smell. And the third one was Japanese people. <laughs> and I, I feel like they did that on purpose. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it felt like they were like, you know, like, you're like, oh, something horrible is going to happen and nothing does. But it, like, it looks from the three topics that it's like there's going to be just a really gross uh, statement made. <laughs> yeah, but thankfully there isn't. And um, I, uh, so I, I can't wait to tell you all my my Van, my Von Zeke's racism theory, by the way. Tell but me, at, tell at us. At any rate, 
No, we'll have to, we have to wait a bit, I think, because there's a specific thing that made me go, wait. What do you mean you won't tell me now? You'll tell me when the time's right. I mean, that's 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 the, called the order of the thing, I guess, you know? Yeah. Oh, well, if it's the order of the thing. Mm. Um, I should say, too, like, uh, Ryonosuke also gives a weird thing when he's like, Holmes isn't here, and he's like, maybe that's for the best, because maybe Van Zeeks will take advantage of... Uh, on the weakness that, like, I'm reliant on him, which I'm like, what? But all right, sure. <laughs> yeah, when he first said it, though, he's like, maybe that's for the best. And I was like, yeah, it probably is, because this guy's always wrong. And then he's like, yeah, right. no, no, but I'd be relying too much on Mr. Holmes. I'm like, eh. <laughs> <laughs> would you know? Like, maybe that is another problem. But <laughs> I mean, this is like day three of being in uh, England, and he's like the first person to be nice to us. So maybe like for moral support more than anything. I guess, yeah. I mean, I I can get behind it. It's just, it's also kind of like you know, the first time you he met you met him, he had this this incredibly bad deduction about your like guilt on a ship, and then about somebody else's guilt in a snake, and then like this other really bad deduction about you know the the fire and a lion in the apartment. I'm just like, maybe this guy's not a maybe not the valuable asset you think he is, or. Cesado thinks he is. Whatever. It's fine, though. I like him. Yeah. So anyway, the trial starts off and we have uh, uh, Van Zeeks is, again, super confident in... And I think that's the big thing here, that he is always super confident in that he has determined what the guilt is, and it's just a matter of presenting the obvious. So I don't think he really cares about the jury once he's convinced that he's right. Um, Mm -hmm. And he brings us... um, Actually, just... Gregson is the primary witness, and they're also going to... Uh, with Gregson is going to appear um, uh, Sasaki, uh, Natsume. Right. And, uh, and you know, it's it's sort of... They're just adding the basic details of the case. Like, they, they give... They, the judge wants to know what's going on. They state the details that we've already seen from our investigation last week. Um, mm-hmm. And I, what the details are that it was 9 o'clock. And wait, this is what... This is going to be fun. I forget. Was this when they introduced exactly what they were doing? I I think so. Yes. Yes. When you when you press on the second one. Yeah. I think that's okay to gloss over because it's great. Yeah. Sorry. Go ahead. It is so good. So it was nine o'clock in the evening. He goes over there and he spends like two hours. And he leaves at 11. They had a heated leader or literary debate. And you have to um, once is, once you mention what it is, it turns out that they were that. I think they had said it last week to determine who was stronger, Romeo or Ju- no, the, they had another debate was was who was stronger. This one was who was stronger, Romeo or Juliet. Yeah, they, they did tell us that last week. That that was the question that they were debating. But yeah. now they go into how they debated this. How? Which is apparently by dressing up in cosplay as Romeo and Juliet and wrestling. <laughs> Just two pals wrestling. That's how they determine this. And Soseki won. Yes, as Juliet. Because <laughs> he was jujitsu, as we learn later. Mm-hmm. Yep. So that's. I don't know why anyone would read anything into that. It was just two pals settling a litter debate with cosplay and wrestling. Is this a dagger I see before me? Right. Yeah. yeah. Oh boy. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, so uh, I guess we'll dive into that a little bit more later. But uh, for now, it was uh, he brought over tea. Uh, apparently, the key thing here was that the, the water main was frozen. So he brings over the tea that he had boiled and prepared himself. Um, he claims it was completely harmless. Uh, Gregson says that uh, it was strychnine that was the poison. Although, how he knows this, I guess, is just from the symptoms. Because they don't have anything left. Well, the coroner tells them. Yeah. Hey, they can't. Yeah, they can't test for it. 
they can't test for microscopic amounts or whatever, whatever trace amounts will be left in the cup. They need an actual sample of the liquid and there was none left. They finished it, which seems like your case would fall apart at that case. But no, well, they, they might know it's strychnine because they had they have the victim on hand so they could examine him. Yes, yeah, so they and I think that's what it is. It, it's that they, it points to that it was. Uh, they just asked them, "Hey, which which poison did you ingest?" <laughs> <laughs> it doth be strychnine. Just pick one poison; they're all the same. Yeah, and if you press on that, you get the the medical report, which is like when you say, "Like, wait a second, how would you know that?" And they're like, "Okay, well, here's the the medical report, which is, I guess, the symptoms that he's expressing are strychnine." Um, mm-hmm. And the, the timeline is that what it was one thirty, I think. That he consumed one one o'clock or one thirty when he consumed it, and then thirty minutes later, uh, the effects kick in. And it, it's got my favorite trope where it says that we know that it kicked in because uh, his, he fell and his watch broke at precisely one thirty. Yeah, my favorite thing. Yeah. So locked door, broken watch, which is you know the the, the best combo of uh, of detective uh, cases. Right. It's the burrito, taco, and enchilada combo of murder uh, murders. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Murder mystery. The problem is that Natsume said that it couldn't have been him because the door was locked um, from inside. Uh, and Gregson retorted that is that uh, strychnine takes a while to take effect. So uh, Natsume could have left and then 30 minutes later, uh, the poison could have taken effect. Uh, and he had plenty of time to lock the door. Right. He could have locked the door after. Uh, but then when we see what time he actually died, which was much later than when Natsume left, then we bring that up. Didn't die, though. No, still didn't survive the strychnine. No, but they're somehow able to determine when it took effect, even though he's not dead. But, oh yeah, just from the watch. So, yeah, so that's it. Um, and so you want to counter that, like, wait a second, what he's going to consume the coffee three hours after, you know, they... they we're drinking coffee together, or drink, no, tea, drinking the tea together, and drinking, you know, three hours later. And, uh, and he says, sure. And I can tell you why, because I have a witness who will confirm that. I can hear the sound of him arriving. And that is, like, I guess they, they hear the, you know, the, the carriage appear, and uh, we get the first appearance of the victim here, William Shamspear, which um, I don't know about the rest of y'all, but is incredibly annoying with his <laughs> over the top animation and constant. Constant Shakespeare quoting. A Shamspear dance for you. So I am okay with his movements because his movements are interesting and varied. Like, I, I don't think he's repeated a movement or he very seldom repeats movements. But I don't like the way he talks. Nah, me neither. It's deliberate, though. <laughs> you're, you're, you're oh, yeah. Well, yeah. The way he talks. well, I know it's deliberate. I'm just saying. Yeah, I think it's probably intended to be annoying, but it works. Oh, yeah, and he's also got, like, a shit-eating grin on his face the whole time. Yeah. The thing I kind of like about him is that every pose he's in, he looks like he's posing for uh, a playing card. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, no, this is this is the king of hearts. This is the king of spades. <laughs> and at one point, he just turns around, and he's just facing the other way, posing to, like, the audience. And, uh, you know, away from the camera. And, uh, and like, literally, uh, Suske has to be like, uh, could you turn back to us? We have to look at you. <laughs> <laughs> I have, I have to bring out, I, I have my, my one um, localization note of the episode here. Do it, um, just one? What is it? Uh, it's, uh, it's, it's the main one. Um, it's, it's a great one, uh, I'm sure. So I, I usually like, to, when, when I see sentences that have wordplay in them or interesting, I, I, I take a screenshot to see how, what, what they did with it in the translation. Uh, and mm-hmm. for this episode, it was when... Um, uh, Shamspear appeals to the um, to the jury 
he, at one point in Japanese, in, in Japanese his name is William Petensi. Uh, and uh, Petensi in Japanese is a scammer. Um, Mm-hmm. But it also ends in Tenshi. So it says, like my, like my like name an ends angel. in Tenshi. And Tenshi means angel. Mm-hmm. Um, my name ends oh, in Tenshi yeah. and I'm, I'm an angel. Uh, so that's wordplay. But it also comes up later a lot. It, it, it keeps being back to, like, keep things say, saying he's an angel later. And they did, they did a wonderful job on that. Um, <laughs> in, in English, uh, he says that his uh, last name is an anagram for Ms. Seraph. Which is great, which is um, amazing localization work here. That's clever, yeah. Well, I really, I did like that, yeah. He's a seraph. Hmm. He's a yeah, he brings, brings up his angelic elements and all this kind of stuff as, you know, he refers back to it quite often. And all the jurors are eating out of this guy's hand because he's just so dandy. Right. But it turns out he's not the only one who's going to testify right now. There's also um, Adrian B. Meterman. Uh, I... If there's a pun, I didn't get I didn't it, either. truthfully. I don't get the Adrian B. A, a drone, drone B. B. A drone B. Oh, because, oh, okay. Because yeah. later. Oh, a drone B. Okay. Yeah. There you go. Yeah, the last yeah, name, yeah. I believe, is from a Sherlock Holmes story. Meter Man? Oh, no, 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 no not Meter Man, but, yeah, no, that is, but the um, the company he works for. Oh, yeah, okay. Uh, Alderman Gas. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but, uh, so, basically what happens is, is that... Uh, Shamsphere's testimony is pretty simple. Uh, that he, uh, you know, he, they, they were, you know, they were out there wrestling as you want, as one does during your, you know, uh, literary debates. Um, right. Yeah. And because of this, because of the heat of of their action, because they were so <laughs> hot and involved, <laughs> because they were so passionately arguing. Yes. Uh, he may he it, he did not consume the hot tea at that time. He waited for it to get cold. Uh, he had some cold tea later on after midnight, and that's that's where he got it. Um, and uh, you know, the, most of what his testimony is simply about, you know, that that you know, the, the, there was nothing else that he had that day. He also only eats once per day. He does. He eats. He bra- He eats as often as the day dawns. Um, and I think Venzik's points out that yeah, we found a starved rat in your room. <laughs> Didn't he say something about like he ate a bunch of screenplays? Yeah, like that's his sustenance. Sort of. He says he's consumed. There was no uh, works of Shakespeare. He says he's consumed them all. Uh, Sosuke goes, uh, "You ate them?" And then he's like, "They're in my skull." And he's like, "Well, that wasn't confusing at all." Um, <laughs> but the other thing is that okay, Meterman is says that he was outside the window all night long, keeping an eye on him because there's a hole in the bricks of his bricked up windows, and he can confirm that. Well, he can't really identify um, uh, what he called Saseki that he has that that uh, he he knows that this you know person shaped like him was in the room, and there was only the one person who came in at nine and left, and no one else came in. And when asked. Why were you looking in? He says he does not say. He just says it was under orders. And Van Zeke says, um, "Yeah, all we need to know is that he was watching, and we move along, and that's even, it." Even Shamsphere is sort of like, "Oh, don't pay no attention to him." Yeah, the and because even the judge is like, "Why?" And then after Shamsphere is like, "Don't worry about it." Yeah, everyone's just like, "Yeah, whatever, let's move on." And I'm kind of sitting here like, "Can we not move on?" Okay, this is just their thing. Well, Lord Van Zeke says it doesn't matter, so I guess it doesn't matter. 
Which seems again weird. The fact that they A, can't test for the actual strychnine, and B, have someone who was looking in the window for no reason whatsoever all night long uh, leaves a lot of holes in this case. Um, but apparently it doesn't matter because um, if you go in and you press each statement, you get a little more information uh, about mm-hmm. you know all, all the stuff that was going on there. And uh, and then the juror, no, number one, just interrupts and is like, no, nah, we're good. This is this guy's guilty. Yeah, fair play again. Right, and our jurors this time are fair play. The exact same jurors who were in Nuts and Resuscitating Left Trials. The exact same jurors, except for one. Uh, Mrs. I forget her first name. Joan. Joan Garadab. Uh, yeah, they replaced Mrs. Garadab with a Mrs. Quinby or Mrs. Queen Bee, who is the owner of the gas company. Yeah, we don't know that just yet. We soon will. Well, we do now. Yeah, since, you know, Joan is in jail for stabbing yeah. someone, so we, we did have to replace one person on the jury. Wait, she's in jail? What? Yeah, yeah. she's in jail. Well, that was an accident. It's, there's a thing called manslaughter. I hate to tell you, but, you know, it's not like, well, all right, just don't do it again, <laughs> stabbing someone. She still threw a knife at her husband. I think that's, that has to be a crime. I think, like, but, like, you know, if you hurt someone and put them in a coma, you can't just be like, whoops. You know what I mean? Like, it's, you know. I mean, yeah, I don't think it's a capital crime, but she is definitely in jail. I think uh, uh, her husband even talks about, like, visiting her. And yeah. uh, so that that apparently that's going well for them, I guess, interacting, like, on opposite sides of a, of a set of bars. I wondered where she was. I guess that's where she is. Maybe safer for him. Yeah, probably, but, you know. At any rate, um... Just don't give her anything to throw. Right, yeah. <laughs> In jail. Chain everything down. I mean, the grenade launchers are okay, as we know, but, you know, <laughs> other than that. Yeah, and so the, um... So basically, the, the everyone sort of gives their, the you know, their... their their, their contentions, right? Each juror has to lay out their proofs, and... Yeah. Not the number three is being really racist this time. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Not so suspicious because because he's Japanese and he has a mustache and stoops. Yeah, very fishy. You know, at first I thought I was going to have to pit him against somebody who had a mustache. We do get an opportunity since this is a separate game for Susada to be like, "Do you need me to explain what this this mechanic How is? How to do this?" So, and it's great because, like, timeline wise, you've done it all of once, you know. But like, since I obviously didn't want to do the tutorial. You know, Naruhoto is just like, no, nah, I got this. I know something. Come on. I've been doing summation examinations constantly. And I'm like, you haven't. I know you haven't because <laughs> technically, you know, huh, I am you sort of. So this one's actually easier than the previous one, too. It's real, too, because it's a one. It's a one pit. Yeah. Well, I mean, it is a new game. Yeah. And your number one has a thing where he says, you know, um, you know, he's a noble man. He doesn't say noble, but he says he's a noble man. Uh, and you, I wouldn't doubt him. And then you point out that, like, eh, what if he was lying? Because he also seems like he's, you know, not not the, you know, not somebody who's, you know, he's poor and he's, you know, somebody else that you're prejudiced against. Like they're playing into this guy's um, prejudices. And he's like, you know, okay, yeah. If you, if you can prove he's a liar, then I, I would, you know, I would at, at least listen to more evidence in this trial. I would flip my verdict, and that's I, you have my word, gentleman's honor. Yeah, it's on my honor. I think the exact words that he used was that he was noble and straight. So we had to prove that he wasn't straight. <laughs> right. <laughs> yep. And uh, and so as we go through, you know, you get um, 
Uh, number two really likes them. Number three is racist. Uh, number four uh, says there's no evidence to suggest that he's, that he's a fraudsman, she calls, calls him. But she says, for now. Um, and if you press on that, what she'll reveal is that she is actually the wife of the person of the, the person who owns the gas company. Oh, right. Yeah. So she she couldn't be the owner. She has to be the wife of the owner because, you know. Because 19th century England. Yeah, yeah of course. Uh, so it's the Altamont Gas Company. Um, she uh, has said basically that at first she's not willing to really say too much, but as, as you keep engaging her in conversation, she's like, oh, no, he's just stealing gas from us. He's a thief. We don't ha- we can't do anything till we can completely prove it. But we know he's stealing gas. And the reason they like, know, legally speaking, I can't say he's a thief, but he's a fucking thief. Yeah, mm-hmm. because he's using gas and there are no coins in their machine. Uh, and so she's, you know, it's pretty obvious that, that he is a thief. And then the more you bring her out in conversation, the more she's like, oh, he's a dirty thief. And I have he should be strung up in the street. And he, she, the more the more you get into it, eventually you can just get her to amend her state uh, uh, statement to be like, there's a likelihood that he is stealing gas from them, that he's a thief. Uh, you put that against one. One goes, OK, yeah, I gave my word to change mine. And then immediately number three flips, number four flips and number six flips. Number six is the guy who can't hear. And he only flips because he's like, well, I couldn't hear anything before. But if you guys are talking about repeating things, then sure, I'd like to listen. <laughs> that is pretty great. We also learn what uh, Meter Man's been doing during this time period, too. Remember, it's right. Meter Man works for the company. Yeah, he's he's spying on him to, to figure out why he's how he is getting around the system. Yeah, apparently can't figure it out, despite it being literally under his nose. But we'll get to that later. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and so basically you get all you have all four. That's all you need. Uh, it flips over and we get uh, we get additional testimony about what he's been doing. Right. From from a drone B and Quinn B. Exactly. Because, yeah, Quinn B. Alton, Altamont is her name. I love these two because they, you know, they kind of put the idea of Qu- Quinn B. Uh, going onto the stand and um meter man is just like hell yeah now she's gonna be on the stand and you guys are gonna see what's what like she's he's all about his boss and he's like sweet honey yes yeah like it's really cute oh my god i didn't make that a connection till now either yeah, yeah. i uh yeah no i didn't know her name i missed her name was quinby actually like i got she was dressed like a bee but i didn't get adrian b and i didn't know her name so i I, it's all like falling into place now obviously as we're saying it but yeah well i think i only tried to figure out his name right in the beginning so it didn't make any Mm -hmm. sense and i didn't like go back to connect the dots gotcha yeah she's also got this umbrella that's like brown and and yellow striped that she'll she pulls out the you know like the end of it's all pointy so it looks like a stinger yeah it's got a big stinger yeah, when, when when you see when you see her from behind, it's really obvious she's she's a bee. From the front, a little less so. Yeah. And what she's going to do now is she's going to testify with him in a supervisory capacity. Right. Which is a little odd, I think. But yeah. Yeah. Yep. I mean, just there is no prejudicial stuff here. It's whatever. She just asked the judge, and he's like, "Sure." We haven't invented the concept of a mistrial yet, I guess. <laughs> there's yeah. There's there's a lot wrong that they haven't figured out, and Japan's learning from. But whatever, right. it's fine. It's all fine. It's 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 justice. Whatever. So they're doing the testimony, and they're saying, "Well, he has to be stealing gas because we've observed him. He's always using the gas, and every time we go to empty his meter out because it's a 
pay per use. They go around and collect the coins out of the box. He never has any coins in his box. So he has to be stealing something. And they go into this whole rigmarole of how they can't quite figure out how he's doing it. Because they've got these... They made a box specifically for him. Yeah, like, they figure that he must be picking the lock or something. And right. so it's like, okay, we've made this, like, pick-proof lock. It's, it is perfectly indestructible. No one could get the coins out of this thing. We suspected a faulty box, so we took the box. Yeah, and even if they did open it, there's, like, a seal on it that if they opened it, it would show that it was tampered with, and they it, it was not, to their knowledge. Yep, um, but if you push on that if you press i think on whatever the, the third statement is um about the the there no being no coins in that uh they say that that you know they, they go into detail on that and they will eventually add the actual gas meter to it and i for someone who has got like they emphasize over and over how much they 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 invest they looked at this box and examined <laughs> it as soon as you turn it over there's a hole a very obvious hole in the bottom <laughs> And it's not like it, it. It's not. It's obviously not supposed to be there. Like it's. It's all bent. It's all cracked. Like yeah. This this box has been tampered with in an incredibly obvious fashion. When when I found out what the box is like for, I, I was kind of like maybe this is sort of a, a a ludo narrative dissonance thing. No, but like maybe a thing where this is supposed to be maybe more of a subtle hole because once you hear the scheme, it's like you don't need a hole hole or uh whatever you don't need a big hole for this job but yeah. maybe that's like the best you can do whatever you get what they, I mean. they do describe it as a very small hole like you can barely notice it but like right we can notice it very easily like you couldn't grab anything out of it you the player are like that's a fucking hole how did you not see that so i'm like maybe they kind of have to make it so you can see it but re- i don't know yeah, well, they might have seen it but they because they didn't figure out exactly how he did it, they didn't think it was significant because you can't get coins out of the hole. Yeah, and they, they do. They immediately brush you off. Right. Well, thinking of it like, well, to get the coins out, you have to open it. And it clearly wasn't open. So whatever this hole is, it's irrelevant. <laughs> if I can't figure it out, it doesn't exist. <laughs> no one's smarter than me. The bee man. <laughs> the bee man. The bee. From the Simpsons. If only social media were here, I'd be perfect for it. But yes, I did like that. They Susata, I think, uh, comments about how making this new box specifically for him probably costs more than what they could get out of him if he did pay. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. Um, they mentioned that if they pull a box out and they see that somebody paid with fake coins, they have to like charge the guy like a hundred times more. Then, like, for every fake coin, he had to pay, like, a hundred three tuppence coins. Which, that's what they, that's what they use, three tuppence coins. Do they have, do they have service contracts yet? Uh, they've got invoices, I know that much. Sure, yeah. I don't know. They did make these boxes just because, um, it's a way to ensure people actually pay. Because if you charge them afterwards, then lots of people just don't pay, mm-hmm. apparently. Yeah. And uh, so I think to, to move this along here, you have to inspect the bar of soap. Because I mean, what the first thing that I thought once the hole was too large to have coins out was, okay, is, is there something else coming going in there? Like, was he using a wire to push it back? Or yeah. is there something that's not coins going in that can go out the bottom? Like, either be like, um, I wasn't sure if, what it was. Like, maybe it's like wax and it's melting. And when I thought of wax and melting, I remember there was the thing in the bar of soap. So if you go into you know, the red disc. Notably, you do have to inspect this after they explain how uh, like 
it tells apart the coins. Because I inspected it beforehand and tried to present it and didn't let me do it. The game does kind of an interesting thing here that it hasn't before. Um, we usually get jurors or whoever to amend their statements and there's they just kind of it's amended. But here we can choose to uh, have Quinby talk about certain things about the box. We can have her talk about how indestructible it is or have her talk about how it differentiates coins like real coins from fake coins. And the way it does is it goes against the diameters of the three tuppence piece. If it's not a certain diameter, then it doesn't work. Yeah, I think both diameter and weight. I think it, it compares against the, the threepence. Mm-hmm. They actually say threepenny, which I, I can't, pr- I just can't pronounce. Threepence rolls straight off the tongue. But th- threep- threepenny? Threepenny. Oh my god, no. Yeah, I think it's threepenny. I thought it was threepenny. Shows how much I know. I didn't. I didn't. <laughs> the British uh, monetary system strikes again. Yeah, the localization. The localization does uh, have like a, a fix here. Uh, in, in Japanese, they always say that it's uh, two centimeters wide. Mm-hmm. Um, but of course, uh, Britain didn't use centimeters at this point in time, so the localization actually fixes that. Yeah, and, and uses it's both. It's cute. Because, uh, yeah, because Suzato translates it for Narahodo to be like, yeah, no, that's that's roughly two centimeters. And it's like, OK, <laughs> so we, we now we know. So we, of course, examine the bar is open and it's the exact diameter width or it looks about right. And, and also the red disc is now gone. The, the red disc disappeared. And then we have to get somebody to give us a coin from the audience to put it in the slot and see if it fits. And it's a perfect fit. And then we make it disappear. Ah. Yeah. Right behind your ear. Yeah, once you present that with the crime scene photograph, which shows a puddle of water right underneath the gas meter, you realize that it was frozen tea because the... uh, Well, first you just realize that what what he was doing was putting water in it, put it outside so it will freeze. Yes. And then use use ice ice coins um, in the meter, which then melt and... And and leave no trace because there's there's a drain hole. Um, and but but there were there were the reason that there was a different one this time is because that uh, the water main was frozen, so he there was no access to water to freeze these you know little ice coins put in. So use the tea this time, meaning that the other bars of soap probably still have the fake coins in them. Um, and we end mm-hmm. this trial or this trial portion by. Uh, Rinosuke, um demanding that you know the, the the police need to check those those soap bars because there were additional ones on the windshield for uh, frozen tea, so they can test it for poison. And uh, the judge agrees, and you get an adjournment, and that uh, ends the trial part, and move on to the next investigation. Yeah, and then you know we wake up, in, or no, wait, we start. I think we start the investigation actually in um, the apartment, right? Like you, sometimes it's usually right. And of- Suzato's talking to us. So the, the trial is in the morning, so then we go home in the afternoon, home to uh, to Shelms's attic, and it's all empty yet because we just moved in. It doesn't have any furniture in it. Shovel's still there, though. Yeah, you can look at the shovel, but nothing else is there yet. That's any and you can get another little argument. Did you see about um, the shovel and the spade this time? No. Yeah, that's apparently, by the way, a trophy is if you get all the shovel spade arguments. But this one I liked in particular because they argue about what it's used for, like shoveling loose dirt. And at the end, like, they're like, OK, it doesn't really matter. Let's just agree to disagree. <laughs> and Ryunosuke says something like, you know, 
I guess we don't have to worry about it unless we need to bring a shovel to court. And then Sato does like kind of like, yeah, I guess not. You know, I'll let you know if we'll ever have a spade to lend you. It's right here. You know what I mean? Like They kind of throw in these little passive aggressive <laughs> last words, which I enjoyed very much. Um, but let's see here. Uh, so I'm just pulling out my notes here. OK, so. Um, yeah. Uh, so, OK, here comes the thing. Kazuma uh, apparently Kazuma's true wishes come back right into it. And uh, he's like, because we we think back and basically he was like, listen, you have a really natural gift for being a lawyer. Why don't you come with me? You can stow away to um, to to London and learn to be a lawyer. And Rinosuke is like, it is in, in flashback, like in reverie. And he's like, well, I, I, you know, I never wanted to be a lawyer. And he's like, yeah, but it's a cultural London's a cultural capital of the world. Um, maybe, you know, maybe there's something else you want to do, but just come with me, you know? And he, he says something like, uh, you know, I just thought that maybe if, if we were both lawyers and it it's I don't know, it just gave me the vibe of like, what if what if we were in the old Bailey and we kissed and we were both lawyers? <laughs> and if, if my heart should ever fall to darkness, Ryoto. <laughs> um, so, uh <laughs> No, yeah, I, is this around where I got my? Um, yeah, it's like Kazuma wanted and Kazuma wanted to help us do something in Great that was really important in Great Britain, you know. But what he does even say if like something should happen to me, you know, mm-hmm. follow through. Yeah, he also talks about how cool his sword is. It's like no, this the sword Kazuma like you know compels me to cut through, uh, you know, untruths and and yeah, bullshit. <laughs> More accurate. <laughs> You know, in German, karma means a like, bullshit cutter. Um, <laughs> well, so what they actually discussing in Japanese is the name because the the kanji it's written in is like cut evil into. So that's why they're saying that. Oh, mm. yeah, that is really not clear in English. Why don't they just say that? Like in the localization, couldn't you like even just be like even the cut? Yeah, they even could the- say that it's written with the characters that mean that, but they didn't. Um, but that's what they're talking about. Okay. Yeah, that does just sort of come out of nowhere. Uh, yeah. So we go downstairs, of course, and Holmes and Sholmes and Iris are there. And I, I had a laugh out loud thing, that optional thing that with Sholmes, which hopefully other people got to. But like, you can talk to Sholmes to see what he's off to because there's an awful smell in his in his in his in the apartment. And for one thing, um, you can talk about as we said before, Lord Van Zeeks, Japanese people, and a foul smell. So anyway, um, apparently, you know, Sholmes and Van Zeeks are, in fact, like acquaintances, you know, um, and we talk again about his whole reputation about uh, of, of the Reaper and, you know, how he, you know, the people he who he tries to prosecute end up dead under mysterious circumstances. And finally, um, you know, Narahoto's like, don't you think that's weird? And he's like, no, 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 we know, we know, we investigated. We couldn't, you know, he always had like a rock solid alibi. So who knows what with that guy? He was always in his coffin whenever we, <laughs> whenever the person died. He was persecuting the peasants out in his Transylvanian estate. He can't <laughs> also come back here and kill the guy. Said he could only kill virgins. I don't know. You know, something. Had an engagement with a Mr. Belmont. I think that was in Transylvania 65,000. So that's where I get my vampire <laughs> war from. Uh, let's see here. So, oh, this, this is what it is, right? Like, 
So then we ask about Japanese people, like we know it is like, hey, doesn't seem to like us. And Shomes reveals like before he was a lawyer, actually, Van Zeke's best friend was actually Japanese, but he won't go any further into it. I had a sword named Kodoguma. <laughs> yeah, so that's exactly what I was thinking. I'm like, is this actually like a self-loathing thing? I can't wrap my head around how somehow Van Zeke's could actually be, you know, this uh, racist. Kazuma. No, this right. No, I'm just saying. Like, I wonder if this is like a thing though, where he's like, the reason he's like, yeah, I can't trust Japanese people is because because I'm one of them and I hate myself and you know what I mean, like that kind of person. Oh, okay. That doesn't make sense. He did tell us at the end of the last game that he was betrayed by a Japanese person at one point. And that's right. why he hates us. You say that doesn't make sense, but it, but doesn't it? <laughs> no, no. I think they even put a timeline on it. They say like it was like 10 years ago or something, which I swear lines up with when uh, Suzato's dad visited. I'm, I'm still on this track. Oh, yeah. That he, he, was, he was the betrayer. But I don't know. We don't actually talk about that. Well, Suzato's dad, I, I think it's implied Suzato's dad was in England when Suzato was born. So it was probably more than 10 years ago. Um, but no, but, but I think what happened 10 years ago was that that's when Van Zix became uh, a lawyer. Oh, well, and, and a prosecutor. Holy shit. What if it really does go into vampire lore and it's all of a sudden like Professor Mikitoba is like a vampire who turned him? Oh. And then it's just like, what the hell is going on here, Phoenix? You know, great Ace Attorney. I would love for Ace Attorney to suddenly go very paranormal. Just from dusk till dawn, that weird like shift and all of a sudden it's like, what the? Just kidding. It's a vampire <laughs> movie. You know, anyway, happy Halloween. I mean, we don't have any spirit channeling in this game. So we've got like the door is open to have just one little... One little suspension of disbelief nugget. Yeah, we have to have something supernatural. But that's scientific. <laughs> but how ironic right. would it be if this uh, game went full vampire story in the one season that Devex skipped? <laughs> <laughs> there would be some kind of poetic justice yeah. there, I guess. Don't tell her. Um, anywho. Uh, the foul smell. Shomes has <laughs> an invention, which I like this invention. Which is basically, he's like, there's a lot of counterfeit tea. So I have an invention that you dip, put one drop into your tea, and the finer the tea is, the darker the liquid gets, and then it smells terrible. To which we, of course, point out, so what? Then you drink this horrible smell? And he goes, oh, no, you can't, can't drink it. And he's like, so then doesn't that ruin the whole point? And Jones is like, well, it's an experiment. Yeah. So... <laughs> Anyway, move it. So we just do like, a, all right, moving on. I mean, they they act like this is a horrible invention, but like just pour a little bit of the tea in yeah. a different container. Right, just just like strychnine testing, you could just get one drop and and test that, and then you have the rest of the tea that you can drink if it's not poisoned. Yeah, the rest of your strychnine <laughs> for drinking. So the fact yeah, that exactly. this invention exists means that 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 lab test is going to come back that there was definitely poison in it. I would imagine, right? I mean, I do not... I can't see it going any other way. What do you call Chekhov's gun when it's not a gun, but it's like a thing that tests tea? Chekhov's poison. That, Chekhov's tea test. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Chekhov doesn't like that. (laughs) Chekhov's forensic solvent? I like like how Chekhov is like monosyllabic. (laughs) Chekhov doesn't like that. Like Hulk or something. But... (laughs) <laughs> My superpower is I put guns everywhere and I'm really strong. Anyway, um, 
but he has another invention too. He has another invention too, which is like, uh, oh, yeah. Does he get into this? The oh yeah, oh yeah, because he brings up he like it's like a field that he wants to create called forensic science, and uh, we're like forensic. What's it? And he mentions like you know I have another invention here called a skin detector, and basically. Much like the blood detector earlier, this one can tell if you've ever touched something and it turns into a specific color. It's like luminol for skin, which, like, you know, not impossible. You do have those oils on your skin or whatever. I mean, not likely, but, you know, yeah, all right. I, I, this is, makes a little more sense, maybe. And I think it's also keyed, uh, you know, much like the, the blood juice from the previous uh, case. Like, I think yeah. it's keyed to the specific person. Oh yeah, yeah, that's right. Okay, well that part maybe. So it's like yeah, yeah no, if you with a sample, it'll it'll detect like that person's like oils wherever they touch. So it's very very laser focused. So now to complete the trifecta, all he needs is the bone detector. Right. And he's just like, listen, you can't. I can't use this in trial. We've been over this already, but whatever. So well, actually, hold on, because uh, the the T detector is sort of cyan, and the the skin detector is magenta. And I think, like, in the intro to case two uh, of the first game, like, we saw him, I think, with, like, three vials. I think there was a yellow one, too. So he he might have. He might have the bones. He might have the mm. bone detector. Is that the one that got shot? Oh, man, maybe. Maybe he doesn't have the bones anymore. Oh, maybe, yeah, his life's work. Yeah, he's either got bones or... He's... Now he can't tell if somebody has bones or not. I mean, it's either that or he's just reloading his color printer. <laughs> <laughs> Seventy-five percent of the way there to inventing color printing. <laughs> I will say though, this invention is useful for us, and we have gone over that. Like any kind of weird invention he makes isn't admissible in court, but it allows us to uh, go back to the uh, go back to Shamspear's room and spray the room down to see what stuff he's touched. Before before that, there, there is an, an optional scene that you can get uh, if you go to um, Olive Green's hospital room. Yeah. Oh, I did go there. Yeah. That's optional? I thought that was not optional. That, that's optional because you, you just have to see the last scene at the end with Olive Green. But if you, if you don't visit her before that, then you don't get to see this scene. Oh, I visited her first. Are you talking about the one with Shamspear there? Yes. Yeah, Shamspear's terror parade is uh, an optional event. Oh, I missed that then. I went to... Yeah, yeah so, so you, go, you go to a room uh, and uh, you see her and Shamspear together and arguing. And she accuses Shamspear of looking at the uh, picture that she drew, the one that we, we didn't look at when we were in the room uh, earlier. And she says that it's terrible. Yeah. And uh, he's like being, no, I didn't look at it. Uh, and she says, uh, I wish you had died from your poison. Yeah. Um, and then they notice us and uh, Shamspear comes to us and he, for a moment he drops the Shakespeare act and gets really mean. He like bends his golden like he gets in her face and is like, oh, it, yeah. it's not to, next time in court. It won't go so well for you. And he bends his golden scepter for one line. He doesn't talk like he usually does. For one line, he like goes into like regular speech. It feels like we're getting a uh, a preview of his villainous breakdown, which uh, definitely cemented in my mind that he is like not just like an incompetent jerk but he is he is an active uh villain because mm -hmm. yeah he he looks kind of demented it was around this time that the that the game won me over because at the onset it was like okay 
I've already figured it out. The dude choked on gas. This is going to be pointless. Yeah. And at this point, it's like, I'm pretty sure it's still going to be the dude choked on gas. But now there's like this other shit happening that I'm more interested in. Yeah, I think, I mean, uh, I don't know if I want to get into theories just yet, but this is seeming a lot more like, no, this was not an accidental sort of thing. You know, if it was, if it was just choked on gas, where did the friction come from? The gas. Because there apparently was a poison involved. They put it in the gas. I mean, I, well, the thing is that, like, when before when Suzeki is saying, like, oh, this room's haunted, I keep choking, this is where I, get, I got my most eye-rolly, like, oh, it's going to be the gas. But it's like, I do, st- and we'll get into it, I do still think it is the gas, but I don't think it's, like, just, like, there's a gas leak or something. Right, but the gas is, like, it's not the most interesting thing. Like, there's other way more interesting stuff happening. It becomes, like, more interesting when it's, like, this isn't just the gas. This is somebody who is maybe doing this on purpose kind of thing, you know, which then I'm like, whoa, you know, yeah. tell me more Ace Attorney Chronicles. But anyway, I got to say Shamespear uh, for for being a uh, obviously not actually the person he's showing to be is a really good actor because he's very good at being annoying, like in his stupid little dance, like he's got commitment to this. <laughs> when a bit works, it works. He did. He did wrestle Soseki in Romeo and Juliet outfits, so... He, right. Yeah. Into the pit. I like. I liked I was thinking. I was kind of hopeful in some way too. Like the strict nines part of it, just to be like, ha! You know, Romeo's stronger because he survived the poison and got Juliet arrested for a crime <laughs> she didn't commit or some shit. You know, like just a horribly weird extrapolation of the wrestling match. But anyway, um. So uh, one other thing, by the way, which is uh, happens before we. Uh, I don't know if we want to like derail or not derail, but go on to visiting all of green just yet but like um one thing that like with the whole spray that shomes invents and everything you're like will you come with me to help investigate And he's like yeah absolutely let's go together but when you actually go he's like i'll catch up and he's like wait you suggested coming on goes yeah i got something to do now at this point if you you can start examining things around the room and one of them is shomes sitting in his like inspectometer the thing he pawn broke you know says the pawnbroker last time and if you look at him it's like, I'm sure he's really hard at work and that's why he can't join us. And then he starts snoring, which made me laugh out loud. Yeah. And then Susato goes, wow, he's so incredible that he can even do his work while he's asleep. Which, again, I, I you've charmed me to the last Ace Attorney. Yeah. So I was really happy with that. Um, and then, and if you look, by the way, Iris is busily typing away, but she will answer and respond to us, But she, even though she's engrossed in her work, which is like... It, the actual kind of whatever. Anyway, so what happens next? Uh, we go to Shamspear's room to investigate the crime scene once again. And this is where the skin detector comes skin into play. Skin print seeker. Print mm-hmm. seeker. Yeah. And you are in a, in a scene which I do appreciate that you can't get out of it. So you don't know you don't miss anything. But like is also like, all right, what I don't know what to look at. Help. Yeah, I had a lot of trouble here. Yeah, I had to look it up. There's two spots you're looking for. One of them is easy to find. It's like right on the painting. Yeah. There's like a lot of handprints around a painting on the wall, like on both sides of it, which they like the characters are all like, what's so interesting about this painting? And I'm like, no, he's climbing up near it. Like there's you know what I mean? Like he's trying to peer over it. Come on, get with the program, everybody. But of course they can't because we're not there in the mystery yet. But um Anyhow, Gregson's here, you know, and one of the things we also find with this, because uh, if Holmes is here now, I also, I think if you've unlocked other stuff, which I guess I did, um, 
And if he gives you the skin spreader and there's another thing where you notice that there's a lot of stuff on the floor to which there's like a hidden compartment. And Gregson, once he sees that, he's like, whoa, 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 hold up. Scotland Yard privilege. I'm taking a look at this. Move aside. So you have to like kind of let him examine it. Um, but eventually, like, he's kind of like, all right, fair is fair. You you show you. Well, while, while he does that, so Susanna does go look at the painting and she confirms that there's nothing underneath it. So it's not something that's behind the painting. Right. Yeah, so Gregson does, like, concede, like, when he's done, like, all right, fair's fair. You showed me where it is. I'll, I'll tell you what I found in it. Uh, I found a tin box, a photo, and an article. Uh, the article is about a convict who was executed three months prior, but basically hid his loot somewhere, you know? Well, no, he wasn't executed. He died of illness before being executed. That's that's right. You're right. That's right. Da- yeah, that's he, right. he wasn't death row, but he died of... Um illness uh is selden a name from sherlock holmes i think it is i believe so i think so yeah it sounded familiar yeah his name selden is what you know um yeah uh what happens next here there's the the photograph is of mr gary deb and the young thank you yep oh and by and, and if you did visit um olive green olive green's place it's the same young man in a photo that we could have we could have looked at earlier too um, but uh, him alone and like Reynosuke says a thing like do you think like that's her lover and then Suzawa's like I didn't know you had a romantic side Naruhodo and anyway whatever so you can also draw that link because they have the like the exact same like arrangement of like paint brushes in their little pocket on the front of their their like vest so mm-hmm. they're like wearing the same outfit I'll admit I missed that I uh, actually missed that so yeah good call um and a tin box, which is which is empty, so they don't know what's it for. Totally empty, yeah. So, boo. Um, oh yeah, um, just real quick, Selden. I, I looked it up. Uh, is he's from uh, Hand of the Baskervilles? He's a, he's a red herring, actually. He's a um, he's a murderer <laughs> who d- doesn't actually feel, feature in the solution of the uh, of the thing. Hound of the Baskervilles, you say? Yep. Mm. We we still haven't uh, we still have not explained the the relevance of that to our plot. Hmm. So curious. It's fun, funny because I uh, I thought this trial was going to be more of a reference to um, uh, Sign of Four. It seems like there's that's definitely going to feature at some point, but I haven't seen it yet. Um, but they certainly that's what they alluded to before we got here with the four people involved at the end of the last uh, game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then um, the the cat also comes out this point, and that's where they name him Wagahai. Which is odd. Like, who names somebody else's cat, you know? Because in Japanese, that's how Sasaki refers to himself. He uses Wagahai as his mm-hmm. first-person pronoun, so that's why they decide to name the cat Wagahai. And, and in English, they say, Soseki uses the pronoun Wagahai to refer to himself in Japanese. <laughs> like, they, they, <laughs> state, they state that whole sentence out, uh, just so that... Yeah, they, they don't do that in Japanese. <laughs> I, I can imagine why they... Yeah, well, they wouldn't need to to explain that, but it's it's a it's pretty blunt, but it's fine because we get some excellent cat animation. Like we get we get cat eating food, we get cat stretching, mm-hmm. we get cat uh, kneading a little bit, we get cat curling <laughs> up to go to sleep. That's a good cat. That's it's some a good cat. Very high quality cat time. Cat is also wearing a bow tie. Yeah, this is a plus content. <laughs> Waga high is still on the show. Yeah. Exactly. And also it provides a great uh, transition because then we go to the prison and mm-hmm. Saseki is a cat. He says, I am a cat. 
which we all know why and how. And I'm glad, again, someone gave me the context that he was a real person or probably would have found that really annoying. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> and he even follows that up with like, like, as yet, I have no name. And I'm like, hey, I remember that from my homework that I did. They make no do ask him, well, what is your name? Which is when he comes up with, as yet, I have no name. We <laughs> <laughs> uh, call it. So, but then he's like, "Open your eyes." He goes, "I'm not a cat. <laughs> I'm, I'm a guy in prison. This sucks. I prefer to be a cat." And uh, let's see. Yeah. So we we ask him and uh, about the morning's trial, and he, um, you know, he thanks you for defending him and rear he didn't poison the tea. And then we ask him about Shamspear, and he uh, he can't imagine. He doesn't know like why Shamspear would like acu- like falsely accuse him of murder. You know, he's like, we don't have any like you know weird animosity or history outside of this like literary debate, which I thought was friendly. You know, and he's like, it's just a curse of this like place, the convicts curse. Or actually, he means like that there used to be a capital offender, is what he said, uh, living there. I think, and um, like a capital offender, you say, tell me more. So yeah, we actually have to we have to present the uh, the newspaper clipping. To get him to, uh, oh yeah, yeah, to yeah. fill that in. Also, uh, this is I think the first newspaper clipping we've been given in the game where it just when you examine it, it just gives you the text. You can't like physically look it over and look at the other side. So we we actually do care about this newspaper story, right? <laughs> and that's kind of frustrating though because you can see the on the clipping itself that there's like a picture of the guy, and I'm like, I can can we see that, please? I'm imagining that will be relevant. Well, the guy's dead, so it's. Yeah, sure. Sure he is. He died in prison from illness. Totally <laughs> not Shamspear in disguise. I mean, I think, yeah, I think he died and was poisoned by Shamspear. Um, but, you know. I'd hope uh, that if someone dies in prison from an illness, then they'd check that he's actually dead. But, so, I mean, but it, this is the Saturn universe, so who knows? They, they can't even get, like, keep the jurors out of the witness stand going in this society. I mean, you know, let's not take anything for granted. But um, if we ask about Selden, yeah, he was living in Garadab's apartment. He was arrested the sentence of death, died of an illness. And then a, mo- a couple months later, another man moved into the apartment who moved in, died under mysterious circumstances, too. And they call it the convict's curse, you know? And basically, um... You know, everyone like the the last man like died of asphyxia um, due to like yeah, he died from from a gas leak. Yep. Yeah, I, yeah. We even like explicitly state like, yeah, I light the stove before I go to bed so I don't freeze to death in the middle of the night, and then the pilot light goes out and the room is filling with gas, and I wake up and I can't breathe. So like, we're at least that's not supposed to be a twist that we're supposed to find out later. Yeah, and they even say, like, don't do that, you're gonna die, and he's like, well, I don't have any other way, other way of heating, and I'm gonna freeze, and, my, like, my nose is gonna freeze off. Yeah, and so, yeah, I'm glad, because I was very worried this whole case would be just, like, based around gas leaks, so, you know. It'd be kind of rude, since they sort of told us that in, again, like, the intro, when they gave us the, like, you know, alternate names of the case. Mm-hmm. If, if that was, in fact, a twist, I think that would be pretty poor writing. But they didn't. It's all good. Yep, yep. Yeah, they actually brought the fact that gas leaks keeps happening in this room to to the curse uh, because there was um, a convict living there who died and is now haunting right. the, the apartment. Well, they then they also talked to Mr. Garadev about it, like after um, it's discovered that there's like, did we talk about the gas leak yet? Not yet. That's okay. later. I keep getting ahead about myself because yeah, we haven't talked to Garadev yet. It's a it's a wild case, um, but. Uh, bu- bu- bu. 
Yeah, anyway, so is that um, is that everything? So, yeah, now we can go talk to Garadev about it. Actually, he's not there if you go earlier. Uh, so I think you actually do need to talk to Saseki first yeah. and learn about the convicts first mm-hmm. and all that stuff, you know. So um, anyway, so, yeah, he's like, if you ask him about your lodging, his lodgings, you know, he says the curse has befallen his building and he tries to keep his eyes for his tendons. Um he also says Suzeki moved in right after the previous occupant of the room died and that Shamspear moved in three months ago. Um, basically, he uh, he came to him and he was like, hey, I really want to rent a room here. And he's like, like the middle room. And, you know, uh, Garadab's like, I, I'm sorry, somebody's there already. And he's like, yeah, but I really want it. And he goes, yeah, but somebody's there already. So Shamspear took the the bottom four. So we're getting kind of, I think, like a good idea of like what's going on here, I think, which is, you know, um, Shamspear very clearly wanted that apartment and could not get it because it was already occupied. We, we, we also learned that Soseki moved in pretty much immediately after the, the previous tenant died. Right. Yeah. Three days so after. Like, yeah, I, I put out a, an ad and like the estate agent brought me back someone that night to take the room. Yep. And is is this the part where we learn that like Soseki only only um like took the apartment like a month ago? Yeah, I guess so. We we get them more more of a timeline here. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So when when Chancellor moved in, that was when the uh the previous tenant was here. And then when the previous tenant uh died tragically, then Soseki immediately took that apartment basically same day. And and Shamspear moved in um like days after Selden died in prison. Mm-hmm. Also, we, we, we learned at some point that Selden had, like, a treasure that um, no one knows where it is, right? Calling it now, the treasure is Wagahai. <laughs> <laughs> Wagahai is perfect. He's my treasure. Um, aw. He's not, though. He belongs to... Belongs in a museum. Um, <laughs> Alright, so... Uh, let's see here. So you got to show them the, the hidden photograph. You got to show them the one that was in the that was in the hiding place. And then uh, once you show it to him, he's like, "Oh, that's Duncan Ross, who was the, yes. the person after Selden in the middle apartment, but before Saseki. He's the one who died because of the, um, you know, what do you call it? That he suffocated to death because room was filled with gas. Um, and the night before he died, he was writing a love letter to Olive Green. <gasps> Mm-hmm. And like Shom starts reading it, and yeah. Ciz- and Cesado keeps like berating him for that, and it's like you know, I he said like pardon me, I said pardon me first, whatever. Erdeb says uh, also that he uh, redid all of the uh, gas pipes uh, because of that. Uh, which so why is Soseki's, uh gas still going out? Hmm. Curse. Ooh. Curse. 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 Yep, it's the only way. Cursed gas. <laughs> that's a bitch. Um, that's what fracking will do for you. Uh, let's see here. So, um, I keep looking at my notes, even though I'm actually looking at different notes. Whatever. So, now that we've learned it's all green, we can go back to her. And then she's, like, drinking out of a bottle and doesn't want us to see what she's doing. Yeah, she's looking at some kind of note and starts drinking out of a very suspicious-looking bottle. Yeah, and we're like, hey, don't... D- don't do that. Uh, or no, like we interrupt her. She's like, hey, uh, get out of here, you know. Well, we, we interrupt her and we startle her. So she drops the bottle on the floor. Well, we, we, uh, when we first talk to her, we're just, uh, we, we have a chance to examine beforehand. And if you, if you examine the bottle, um, 
you actually get an achievement. And That's the achievement right, says, yeah. examine the bottle before it fell to the floor and broke. And it's like, oh, okay. <laughs> I suppose that's going to happen. Yeah, right. And then, yeah, the, the first thing you talk to her about, I think you you show her the photo of uh, of her boyfriend and she falls over in the, so does the, the bottle. By the way, you, you get the achievement because at this point, Naruhodo admits to Suzato like that he just, whenever he gets prescribed medicine, he just drinks it all in one shot rather than the doses so that he won't like forget to take it or anything. And he's like, it's medicine. It's good for you. What's the problem? She's like, ah, we, we'll, we'll talk about this later. What do you mean? I can't just eat 30 Flintstones vitamins for breakfast. Yeah, right. <laughs> you can, right? Um, so, no. uh, what happens then is, oh yeah, so basically, um, we present the, if we, if you show the photograph, um, of the guy, cause you don't get the love letter, you know, which I was kind of surprised at, but, cause I would think that's the obvious thing you give her. Um, what do you call it? She's, uh, she kind of falls over and that knocks over the medicine and she tells you they met in school, they were going to get married. He moved into the apartment on Briar Moat. Briar to save money for the wedding only to die a month later. Which is so sad. I got the worst, cheapest apartment on the East End, he says. <laughs> and then, uh, so what do you call it? That's when Holmes pops in. Yeah. And he's like, we have to present the disaster from ha- like where I, you know what the best detectives do is they stop cases in the from happening in the first place. Why don't you just take a look at what's happening? And of course, in these scenes, there's like this rat mouse kind of thing that's yeah. like just around to show you how gross and messed up this uh, hospital scene is you know this hospital is and what do you know um, it's uh, the rat started to eat the medicine and died um, oh. is lying there dead on the floor uh, so it's like oh my god that must have been a powerful poison um, what gives and then if and then uh we realize you know yeah olive green was attempting to to take her own life and then if we look at the the um card on the table it seems related uh what was the card she like admits i think it was for oh well, whatever so i mean i don't think she ever like directly tells us but um, well she said that um it's a letter she got um that told oh, her to right. go to a pub uh at the street um on on the evening she was stabbed Yep. Uh, because that's right they had um someone having information about what happened to her boyfriend uh she, she, she never made it because on the, on the way she she got hit on the back with a knife right and uh uh the envelope is sort of conspicuously torn on the side and is the same shade of green as the piece of envelope that we found in Shamsphere's apartment holy crap i did not make that connection actually um i i audibly wow. gasped when i saw it i'm like yeah. oh Oh snap! Mm-hmm. So I, I have a, I have an inkling on who uh, sent that letter to to lure her to where she got stabbed. Mm-hmm. Like it was around this point that I started getting really invested in this case when I kind of came in thinking it was going to be just boring about the gas. Because another thing that I just noticed is um, on Olive Green, she has a key around her neck, and one of her little animations is that she's like clutching the key. So I'm wondering what of what significance is that key and we also never saw the picture that she painted that she seemed to be upset with Sam Spear for picking yeah it. I mean that's going to be significant somehow right yeah yeah it did feel kind of bad in the first investigation that we were like harassing this woman who had a near death experience but uh yeah no, at this point she seems pretty linked to the case yeah 
and that these two cases are are deep the the deeply uh, enmeshed that this is not the, the reason why Sasaki's involved both times is because you know these are basically one case and yeah uh, we also and before like we we're about to like go like you know what it's time for trial to find out the truth you're not gonna try to do that again right and i was like no no no, i'm good now you know no and she's just like you know what i i think i'm destined to see this through at the end somehow so you know fine it's like you know after after two like near-death experiences and also yeah. some like uh some more information about you know my fiance and all that she's like you know what i yeah i mm-hmm. i kind of want to see where this goes actually yeah so that's that's good still yeah. feel like we should probably tell like someone but yeah yeah, yeah. she's well, what, are, she's what are they gonna do for her like look what you're you know look at this terrible country that like they don't know what they're doing anyway whatever um so yeah so that's that's uh that's the end of the reading <laughs> I hope it is. I was just a little worried when I said that somebody was to be like, no, it wasn't. We had to redo the trial. And I'd be like, oh, yeah. shit. But no, that, that, was know, it. that didn't happen. There's a there's a tiny little scene uh, that we have outside of the Briar Road apartment where um, uh, Shom says that he is, in fact, going to get up early and he's going to be at the trial tomorrow. So uh, that's that's really the only thing after that. I'm really hoping for an in-court um, deduction, you know, in court's correction yeah. personally. But yeah. But I think they, I, again, I'm not sure if they're going to hold on to that for the final thing. But um, anyway. So, holy shit, Von Zeeks is actually Kazuma. That's nuts. <laughs> I never would have thought. Anyway, no. Um, yeah. So, all right. I, I think theory crafting is, yeah. is fair now, right? Oh, yeah. I, I think so. Yeah. yeah. So. All right. Let's let's do the low hanging fruit. Right. So. Um, Shamspear wants Selden's loot and wants the apartment to figure out. It's, yeah, it's got to be in there. Yeah. Or at yeah. least he thinks yeah. it's in there. Right. So unfortunately, Olive Green's fiance boyfriend had the misfortune of getting that apartment before Shamspear could. So Shamspear kills him to try for the apartment again, I guess. But Saseki gets it instead. So now he's got to get rid of Saseki, um, which I think the attempt was to poison him with strychnine or, or something that like he was either immune to or didn't wouldn't have worked on him. And so when that didn't work, it's like, well, at least I can get him out of here by getting an attempted murder charge on. Right. You know, yeah, absolutely. It's, it's obviously trying to murder him the same way he did the previous person, uh, but yeah. it keeps failing. So he keeps waking up and, and, and not getting strangled by the gas. Yeah. Well, here's the thing. He obviously can figure out like the gas meter and so far as he knows how to exploit it with the coins and the the handprints around the picture make me think he's climbing up to the gas lamp above the picture. So I'm wondering, too, though, if he did, if he is somehow trying to like do a thing with the gas, like for the person upstairs, yeah, remember you know, what yeah. we heard from Garadab about he can tell there's different like, amounts of gas that happen when someone in the first floor lights up and the second floor lights up clearly they're connected mm-hmm. and if he's able to access a lot of gas and regulate how much is going to the second apartment maybe he's forcing through more at a certain time right i mean right. we even specifically talked about um like that like when someone lights up their gas all the lights dim so if someone turns off the gas it would go it would burn like more for a second right um, and i didn't even notice that there's a box under the painting that, that like that someone could stand on so yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I totally think that that you're onto something. Cause yeah, that that has to have something to do with the the lights going out or the gas mm-hmm. going out. And that's it. He's been the only other thing I could think of is what's been going on 
you know, is is Olive involved somewhere? Um, I I feel like this has to be now that we're talking here. Now this is probably going to be one of those tropey things where she's inadvertently painted the clue to Selden's like loot or whatever. You know? Oh yeah, because maybe she was painting inside the room. Yeah. yeah, or whatever her key unlocks like does that. I feel like she's unwittingly like she she has like the key to the loot, and that's going to be her happy ending. Is that like she gets the money from that somehow because it was like rightfully uh, what's his faces, you know? Yeah, I wonder if if yeah, her, if her boyfriend found it and sent her the key like for safekeeping, and so she's she's kept it on her as like a uh, a memento of him not knowing that it was in fact like the yeah. the way to get to a whole bunch of treasure. Right. I like exactly. That. And it could be, you know, what would make sense is that as soon as he dies, as soon as Duncan Ross dies, um, if Shakespeare uh, actually got access to the apartment, like didn't even think to like, oh, I'll I'll rent it. He was just like, well, he's gone. So I'll just go in there and get it. Wasn't able to get it. And then was like, oh, crap, I'm going to have to rent this to search some more. And that's when it's like, no, Soseki's already taken it. So he might know that, wait, there's something else that has to be done here. And that's why he's also involving Olive. Huh. Interesting. But how then did he resurrect Kazuma to become <laughs> Van Zeke's? The self-loathing Japanese person. No, because um, well, but- he's also a vampire. <gasps> um, that could be right, it. But ketchup was used in the ritual instead, so that's why he's a prosecutor. Right. Yeah. <laughs> well, shit. Anything else, or... Or should we? Should I ask the question? What What are we reading next time? Uh, the, the rest of the chapter, the trial. There you have it. Is it a longer trial than the the first day? Yeah, it's like it's two parts. Okay. Wow. Well, shit. Uh, tune in next time, baby cakes, for uh, finding out how we're gonna get this weird author off. Of guilt that is not like in a sexual way. Anyway, good night. Cosplay and <laughs> wrestling. Cosplay and wrestling. <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> how do you even introduce that? It's like, all right, wait, I know how we're going to do this. You know, you get the tea. <laughs> and <I'm> like, <laughs> that's the thing, too. And he, like, he comes back. I think Strick 9 wasn't the only thing in that tea. <laughs> he comes back, right? And I'm just wondering, like, if the way it is, like, he comes back and Shamspear's in, like, Romeo gear and has, like, a wrestling ring, like, set up, kind of, and is, you know, and and Natsume walks in with this bottle of water he went to buy, and he's like, oh, hell yeah, we're debating like this, you know? That's <laughs> it's the only way to debate, that's, that's really. That's how I liked it. Yeah. I like to think that this happened to the real Saseki too. <laughs> 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 Romeo is stronger. Change my mind in the ring. Um, but yeah. Yes, this is how we debate in Japan. Nice.